Pause for Mental Health, Episode 7. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pause for Mental Health. I would like to thank you all for your continued support. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Coach Chrissy Carew. Excellent. Um, so, hello, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Um, would you mind giving me a quick introduction of yourself? I read up on your website, but just so the audience will be able to hear as well. Okay. Um, animals are my favorite part of life. <laughs> um, I'm a personal and business coach, and I also work with NFL kids so we can bring more uh, love and kindness into our world to make it more inclusive and what else should I say uh, and I have three rescue dogs and I'm very much into rescue that's so nice um, so I know that you wrote a book um, what inspired you to write your book insightful player what inspired me was I was frustrated that there weren't enough role models in the world and I was worried about kids and, you know, you know they, there were some role models that were falling down left and right. And I also wanted to inspire mentorship in communities where kids live. And I, I really think that um, if we give kids the resources, um, coaching, um, mentorship, you know, all kinds of programs, they can take humanity to heights that we can't even imagine. But if we don't do it, I know this sounds dramatic, Julia, I think it's <laughs> going to be the end of humanity. I mean, I feel that passionate about it. But the kids are really the ones that I think that are going to bring our, our world to a place where we really want to be. Yeah. And so I know from like doing some research on you that you have a very strong connection to kids and kids are um, a lot a lot of the things that you do do involve kids and preparing them for the future because the children are really the future of of life like today's children will one day be the adults and the leaders of the world so why do you believe in such a strong focus on two children because I think we're messing it up as adults <laughs> and you know there's um there's an innocence with them as well as I want to help them um, believe in themselves more. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of young people today, and we adults too, are very guilty of this. We're on our phones, we're on our computers, laptops, iPads, whatever. And we're not touching and communicating with each other. So that's something I also would love. I think that kids have a really... Um, opportunity to bring more intimacy to our world. And I think that will make a huge difference in healing all this turmoil we have right now. Does that make sense, Julia? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Um, this is kind of a deep question, but not necessarily. So what would you consider to be your biggest accomplishment in your journey as, uh, yeah, as in your journey so far? I think taking care of my mom um, is my favorite thing. Um, she lived with us for like 11 or 12 years and she was the best mom anyone could ever have. And I could tear up just talking about her. Um, I know you have a wonderful grandmother too that you miss. Yeah. Um, and she was just an angel and she was the epitome of kindness. And it was such an honor to have her move in with us um, and take care of her. And, um, I just, 
just love her and, and she died in my arms and I was so happy to be there with her. And she's just an angel who continues to feed my soul today and always will. Yeah, that honestly was very beautiful. That's kind of a weird thing to say, but um, I really, I know I really respect how much you viewed that, like how you see it as like, she was kind of helping you when you were there for helping her. You, yeah. sound, it sounds like you respect her a lot and that's a really good thing. I do. Um, oh, continue. No, so it's hard being on this planet without her. <laughs> yeah, I can completely relate to that, especially everything with my grandma and what I've seen my mom go through. Yeah. My mom and my grandma were best friends. Yes. And um, her dying and then COVID happening right, um, like, a month later was a very hard thing on my family. I'm sure. But but there's also the other sense of like, we are kind of glad that she did pass before COVID. So we were able to um, be with her at the hospice house every single day for two weeks and everything. Oh, that's but, lovely. Yeah. Um, can you talk about your personal experiences with animals? I know that you do have the program with your dog, Kylie, but just on your personal experiences. The first dog I ever had was Tonto. Um, and again, my parents were into rescue and Tonto and I were the same age. And he was a collie. And um, I have a picture of us together um, in my, on my bureau, in my bedroom. And I think about him every day. <laughs> um, I've always loved animals. I, I love them so much. Um, I've always had a dog and a cat, at least. Um, I don't have a cat right now, um, but I've had so many rescued dogs. I forget, my husband and I have rescued so many um, pets, and we even rescued some senior dogs. Oh, my God, what an honor and a privilege it was to rescue them. Here they are, these late-in-life beautiful souls that someone abandoned and we got to have the luxury of caring for them to the end. And it's funny, you know, you'd think you wouldn't be as in love with them just because you haven't had as much time to be with them, but you do. We, we both fell in love with them and we're so sad when they passed away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a dogaholic and <laughs> I have my dogs with me while I work. And if someone wants to hire me as a coach, and I'll say, I want to hire you. I'll say, okay, wait a minute. Before you say that, I want you to know I have three rescue dogs. They're with me all the time. If barking bothers you, I'm not the best coach for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. they take priority. Yeah, I love that. I personally, so I have two dogs. I don't know if you knew that, but I have two dogs. I have a miniature poodle and a Yorkshire Terrier. Their names oh. are... Chip and Daisy, and um, Chip is pretty old and a while back. He did get hit by a car, but he is oh. still pushing, and we, we got them both when they were puppies, but I would, my mom is allergic to dogs, but I would be completely open to having more animals, especially because my dogs are so small, um, and I really think, I didn't, I didn't ever really know a lot about rescues until my boyfriend has two rescue dogs that he got in the past two years. And just the process of getting those dogs and how much they, his family loves them and how much the dogs love their family is just so amazing. And I never really thought about that because like my parents have had dogs that were rescues in the past, 
but because of my mom's allergies, like we have been getting um, allergy dogs. Um, but in the future, I definitely do plan on rescuing dogs because I do think there is a lot of issues with some, like some breeding, but that's just a whole nother topic. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's really amazing that you have adopted so many rescues in your lifetime. We've had as many as five at once, five dogs at once, and at least one cat, maybe two at the same time. <laughs> I love that. I would love to have five dogs. That would literally be a, a, a heaven for me. It is heaven. And um, I go to petfinder.com every day and bless the dogs and pray that they find a, a loving forever mm-hmm. home. And it's probably a few times a week I'll say to my husband, Camp, I want to get this dog. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can we please get this dog? You know? Um, my dream is that every um, homeless pet finds a loving forever home. Yeah. Because uh, one of my pet peeves is some people will adopt, but they don't take it seriously and adopt forever, you know? Yeah. It is, we really need to make a commitment for that. Like, animals are not toys, and you can't get one expecting to only have to mm-hmm. look at it. There is a lot that goes into it, and some people um underestimate that I feel I find that a lot with cats too people will get cats and then get bored of them and then drop them off at a shelter which is really sad because they're I like I really do think that animals have souls and they have they're like people and I don't know you wouldn't treat a person like that like so it is a big responsibility to get an animal but there's, I'm really glad that there are people like you that will go out and um, get the dogs a forever home. Oh, yeah. I'm with you, Julie. Um, and one of my dogs, somebody just dropped her off, let her out of the house, and she was astray for a long time. So she is seven now, and it's taken up to a boat recently where every time we'd take her out in the car she'd be so afraid we won't she wasn't coming back with us but um but when we on the way home for wherever we were going she would be happy and relaxed but she never liked going to where we were going but just now took all this time um puckaboos um that she now feels you know trust that she's going to be with us forever yeah um can you speak about your ther- your dog, your animal therapy program? And I know you, your dog Kylie is involved with that. Is that the only one of your dogs? In- yes. Yeah, Kylie was built for it. Um, she's my second therapy dog. My first therapy dog, Kimba, um, passed away really young, suddenly at the age of seven. Um, and the, you know, Kylie is a certified therapy dog through um, Therapy Dogs International, which they also call TDI. And it's a miracle. Um, when I bring her, I've been doing it since, in fact, it was my mom prompted it. After she passed away, I couldn't stand being without a senior around. <laughs> so um, she passed away in June of 2012, and I started doing pet therapy January 1st, 2013. So, um and one of my favorite things is um, these residents are there for good, and they've become really good friends with my dogs, and then Kylie's been doing it for a long time now. Um, and even when we go to the ward where they have um, cognitive problems, you know, 
um, different levels of dementia, they can be really upset. It's a really horrible, cruel disease. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll see them upset. But once they put their eyes on my dog, Kylie, they totally, the whole demeanor changes. They become really cognitive. They are really, really um, start telling us stories about their childhood, their families, their neighborhoods, the pets they had. And they get back to who they were. It's like she, the love they have for animals and the love animals have for her, because my Kylie loves everybody, um, just brings them back to their natural state. I have cried happy times, I, happy tears. I don't can't tell you how many times, Julia. Um, it's so touching. It's so touching. And and they call Thursdays Kylie Day at the nursing home because we we go every Thursday morning. Um, how long? Oh, we said since two thousand thirteen. Yeah, January first. Yeah, in honor of my mom. But I that is such a cool concept to me. I love that. And I'm, I don't know, I'm glad that that is a thing that is, like, semi-local to me, too. Like, it's not, I hear a lot about things, like, um, a lot of programs, especially involving animals, that aren't really available in New Hampshire, because there's not much here. Hmm. But um, I love that that is a thing that, like, is available. Yeah. Um, so... For the process of getting the certifications to be a therapy animal, what was that like? Fun. I love taking class. I take classes with all my dogs and always have. Um, they first start with the basic class. That's, um, I don't know, seven or eight weeks, something like that. Um, and then we go to certified good citizen. And, you know, they have to interact with other dogs. They have to interact with kids. Um, the kids run around crazy, you know, so they want to make sure they're okay with it. Someone else has to brush them and pet them. They have to be okay with that. And um, I have to leave the room, uh, leave Kylie. Uh, I, all my dogs are certified good citizens. Um, I have to leave the room um, with, the, you know, for like, I forget if it's two minutes or five minutes, but it seems like, a million years and the dog has to stay in a very quiet calm um space and not get upset or start going jumping around um and if they do all these things they pass certified good citizen and and then the next class is they changed the name of it but it used to be called canine community um certification where they have to be a good dog in the community and what that class does and these all classes are around seven or eight weeks long they have to um, get what they do is they teach us to get ready for the test mm -hmm. and they have to do all kinds of things um my goodness they have to i have to put down food in front of her and have her walk all around it and say leave it and that's one of the tricks i do at this at the nursing home every week the patients love it so i'll just sit kylie down and i'll say and i'll put food in front of her and i'll say leave it leave it leave it and she won't touch it and she you know i walk all around and i even try to get out of sight she's still sitting there waiting so that's one thing um they also had the part of the test is they had um senior citizens like trying to give her food and i'd have to say leave it leave it and um, they'd put it right in her face <laughs> and, uh, I, and <laughs> she wouldn't be able to take it and she even had to walk over dog food and ignore it can you imagine 
Um, you know, she has to come from a distance, stay, you know, sit, all those things and be really well behaved. Oh, there's a lot of kids during the test running, throwing balls. They have people in wheelchairs. They have people in crutches and throwing the crutches on the floor. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's good because it conditions her because I have to be really careful at the nursing home. Occasionally you'll find some of their medicine has spilt on the floor. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that Kylie doesn't pick that up, you know, and put it in her mouth because, you know, dogs put everything in their mouth. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's, that's why they um, just to protect the dog and, and they have to make sure that they're, they're really, really calm and really friendly um, and not high strung at all. Yeah. Um, so have, have right now is Kylie your only um certified animal therapy dog right now? She's the only certified therapy dog. My other two are certified good citizens, and even Caboose is also a certified community canine dog. Mm -hmm. And I was going to do both of them together, but I'm not really sure. I think she might be too nervous. You want to make sure when you do therapy that the dog loves it. Now, Kylie was born to be a therapy dog, as was my Kimba, my first therapy dog. Um, but, the, you know, my little, I have another little rescue who's afraid of everything. <laughs> She's really <laughs> afraid of men. So she, that would be cruel to make her a therapy dog. Yeah, not the best choice for her. Yeah. No, she's my love dog. <laughs> <laughs> um. I know, so my grandma had Lee body dementia, and throughout her, well, and throughout my life, what I've seen is she has always gotten along very well with dogs, and um, my dog, Daisy, is a very hyperactive dog, and I, she's probably, like, almost 10 now, if not 10, um, but always with my grandma, even like when my grandma was starting to get more sick, um, she was always like very, very calm, but just with my grandma. With anyone else, she'll jump on you and scratch up your legs. <laughs> but I don't know. There's like, I really think that my grandma was a dog whisperer, but didn't even know it. She just loved my dogs too. And she loved every dog. And she had um, a chihuahua named Corky that she adored. And that was um, when Corky died. That was really, really hard on my grandma because um, that was like her baby. But because she had um, Corky forever. Um, but just the companionship that dogs can build with people is just so amazing to me. Um, and like, I do believe like, um, obviously, I'm not the expert here, but <laughs> pet therapy just builds on the human and animal bond. Um, and I feel like people can open up to animals a lot more than they can with people because animals just like, especially like specifically dogs just love so unconditionally that it just, I don't know. I feel like most people just kind of melt when they see a dog or especially like a friendly dog. And I think animal therapy really explores that to see what, how much it can really accomplish. I, I, I concur. It's so true. And I think, Julie, Julie, if we could be more like them, we'd have peace on earth. Um, yeah. It's just amazing. And um, my dogs, I have, um, my father-in-law passed away and my dog was with me when he passed away. And right before he passed away, she cried because she wanted to get up on the bed with him. Mm. And the same thing happened when my mom was passing away. Um, my dogs um, 
two of them were already with her side by side in her bed. And another one cried. She wanted to be up with my mother. And it was so touching, you know, and I know my mom loved it because she loved dogs. She loved all the animals. So it's just, they know, you know, yeah. um, they're, they're just so, and they're unconditionally, just like you said, the unconditional love. Can you imagine if we had that in our culture now, we wouldn't have all this hate that's going on and this anger, yeah. and division, right? Right. Um, so in the process, sorry, jumping back to like the certification and everything of a uh, therapy animal, um, is Kylie tra- trained for specific things? Because I know she works with um, elderly patients and then children as well. But is there a different thing from like, um, like mental health versus like, like chronic illness, like physical sickness? Or is it kind of just the same thing and they just kind of help? Yeah, and in, in, um, I've brought Kylie, by the way, also to the uh, nursing home when one of the residents was passing. And it was always so nice. I put her right on the bed right beside the patient who already loves Kylie, and it, it made me smile. Um, but yes, physical or mental um, challenges, um, it, you know, it, it, the dog just knows when someone's not okay they don't feel peaceful whether it's physically or mentally and they want a comfort and it's mm-hmm. so touching and yeah kylie has had children who have a hard time reading read to her and that builds their confidence but they also have to, they also have dogs and i haven't done this with kylie that they will go to a crisis um and go just be with the people in a crisis like at 9 11 you know they mm-hmm. go to the world trade center and just comfort everybody there and um any kind of horrible shooting or anything um, i'm not sure if you can still hear me i think the audio i can hear you all right i think it's back now um but there is like there's also crisis training that animals yes. can go through yes yes and there and it's really remarkable i that's something that i never even imagined I like I didn't even think that was a thing but it makes a lot of sense that that can happen especially because like dogs are so amazing and they can they are just so brilliant and I just have like the best like emotional detectors and can read when anyone is upset or I don't know I feel like they are the best comforters in the entire world. I know I try to emulate my dogs every day. Um, what do you think the importance of animal therapy is? Oh, gosh. Um, big question there. That is a big question. <laughs> animal therapy. I think and it doesn't have to be. I think any, any animal does therapy. That's how they're born. They just yeah. love all of us, right? Um, I just think it, it softens us, you know? It, it just gets us more in touch with our heart. You know, life is so busy um, and we're always preoccupied and distracted. But a, a, an animal will, will make you present and, and get you there to experience in the moment this beautiful love, unconditional love. And I think the more we experience that, the more we want to give it to others, humans, animals, and even people we don't know, you know, send them well wishes for, for people that are suffering. Um, I think the animals can really teach us a lot, an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that animals 
don't have the like the meanness that humans have um because I feel like in in general most animals even if they are, are a little bit aggressive or loud it's because something has happened and they're not just it's like a self-defense mechanism where I think that humans some humans just are not the most friendly and I think that's just like an amazing part of dogs in general it's like they are just here to love everyone they are. And I, and I want to say one thing that I learned from my trainer um, is that all animals are trainable. All dogs are trainable. One of my, do- can I just tell you one story about one of my dogs? Yeah, of course. Um, her name was Star and she, oh gosh, I miss her so much. She was a beautiful dog. She was a, a mix of many things, um, 30 pounds or so. Cool. And over time, uh, and she was high strung. And over time, once I, I used to walk all five dogs at once. Can you imagine? But, but over How many time, leashes would that take? Five, five, five big leashes. Oh yeah, they'd all tangle up and sometimes I'd trip. And <laughs> oh. It must be very strong if you could walk five dogs at one time. Oh. But over time, all of a sudden, she started getting, when we'd run into another dog, she would start nipping at my other dogs. And I'm like, oh my God, where's this coming from? And then, so I said, I'm going to walk her alone. So then when I was walking her alone and we saw another dog, she would nip at me. I'm like, oh, that hurts my feelings, star, you know? <laughs> so I brought her to a dog psychologist. And the dog psychologist says, she thinks you're her puppy. And, um, you know, just like, a, you know, if a child ran across a street where the car was coming, a parent would, like, tackle the kid to make sure it didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's what Star thought she was doing. She thought she was protecting me, and she thought she was protecting my other four dogs. So I, I worked with a dog therapist, um, psychologist, rather, and she really helped us. Um, and I had, to, I had to be more of the top dog because um, Star thought I was her puppy. And I remember the therapist said to me, Star thinks you're an imbecile. Oh my God, what do you mean? So I had, so I just had to take charge with Star and and never get mad at him with an angry tone. You just have to be firm and let them know it's not okay that they nip at you. And then she stopped nipping, so it worked. And um, I just had to stick with her and reward her um, for being so, because she was so sweet. Yeah. Um, I did not know that. I guess that I, I, it's kind of self-explanatory that dogs do have that kind of like maternal feeling towards other dogs sometimes. But I knew that I have chickens and one of my chickens currently thinks that it's a mom. And that's not related at all, but my chicken thinks it's a mom. And so it will sit on the eggs and refuse to leave unless someone pushes her off. Oh, wow. And she'll start, I think it's called um, a brooding hen. I'm not quite sure. My mom knows a lot more about that. But we went on vacation a couple weeks ago. And I had my boyfriend come collect all of my like all of the eggs for the chickens every day. Because if you leave eggs, they'll eat them. And then if they start eating them, you can't crack the eggs anymore. Because they'll just crack and eat them all. But oh my. we came back from vacation. And my mom found... Something like three or four buried underneath this chicken because it would not leave. It thought his mother hadn't borne its eggs. And that's just like, oh, I knew, I never, that's something that I never even thought about because I know like 
humans like people will have maternal instincts about things but I just never realized that also happened in animals and I never realized like after learning about my chicken I never realized that would happen with dogs too and that's kind of that, that's she was just trying to be protective but it came off as <laughs> I know oh that's an amazing story I never knew that about chickens <laughs> yeah <laughs> um do you have any other any other stories or any other questions for me? Because that's all I all the questions that I have for you today. Yes, I, I would love to um, learn from you, Julia. How did you get? You know, what inspired you to do this wonderful program? Um. So for me, I've always appreciation for dogs, but I never was that once my uncle's dog bit me and I was scared of big dogs for a while and that took a while for me to overcome. Um, but in the past couple years, I have just been falling in love with animals a lot more than I ever thought I would. I don't know, I've just never appreciated them as much as I do now. And also, um, I have like realized about myself that I do have some like mental health issues that I'm now getting help with. I'm going to therapy now, but I do, I've noticed that it, whenever I am upset or like sad or mad, my dogs or like my boyfriend's dogs too will always come up to me and just give me love. And I just, and it will lift my mood. And in public, if I see an animal and if I am feeling a little bit upset or even if I'm not, I'll see an animal and I'll genuinely, a boosted mood and when I was started um when I entered senior sem which is the class that this is for this was the only idea that really stuck out stuck out to me and I thought that a podcast would be a fun way of learning about others experiences instead of just like doing a like I could have done like a walk or like a drive or something, but I thought a podcast would be a more personal thing where I can talk about myself and learn about others. And so honestly, that is why I ended up doing this project. Um, and I really wanted to know more about the, um, like the scientific reasons, like because we have a research component of this project and I wanted to learn more about the scientific reasons of why I will or more uplifted when an animal and I have mentioned this in the past but like I never knew that there is chemical change when you stare into the uh, the eyes of a dog like your dopamine levels raise and I never knew that like I just thought I was like oh I like dogs so they make me happy but they physically have chemical changes within your body that was a long answer, but that's why I decided to do this project. That's a beautiful answer. And, and the fact that you had, you know, a traumatic experience as a child of being bit and, and, and you, you know, work through that. And now you're a huge animal lover and you're, and you're, I love that they're, they're comforting you, you know, your dogs, your boyfriend's dog, and my dogs were too, <laughs> they met you, yeah. um, but it's so true, you know, um, they, they do, they, they really do, they elevate us. You know, they, they see the best of you. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And and I think it's a reminder that we have to remember about the best of who we are, right? Julia, yeah. I mean, it's a, this is a loving, inspiring project that you're doing, an initiative. It's wonderful. Thank you. Um, how can I support you? How can I support you, Julia? Um, my project is kind of coming to a conclusion. And my next task, other than I have three more podcasts in the future. But beyond that, I am starting to um, to make cat blankets and dog toys out of fleece and donate them to the shelter. So there is not anything necessarily wow. that you can do to support me. But um, being on this podcast is a lot of support. And yeah, and I'm sharing the, the link to my podcast. So um, other people can hear about my experiences too. And so that's kind of the over quick overview of my project but yeah well, that's beautiful um that you want to do that for the cats and the dogs and in, in, in shelters I'll, I'll i'm happy to write press releases for you if <laughs> 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 you can get some donations you know to help you um but it's expensive um and and it also will be a wonderful public service to make more people aware of of these homeless pets right um that could really yeah. use um a loving for our home. That's, it's a beautiful thing. And if I, you can call upon me anytime, Julia. I'm happy right. to support you. Thank you so much. Um, and that is all the time that we have for the interview today. I definitely will be in contact with you because I really enjoyed this conversation and I would love to have another conversation like that. Oh, good. But thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for, for doing this. This is beautiful of, of how much you're contributing to others, and including our four-legged friends, right? Right. <laughs> um, and now, but I will follow up with an email. So thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> okay, thank you, Julia. You're the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> to conclude this podcast, I will be sharing some facts about animal therapy. Pet therapy builds on the pre-existing human-animal bond. Interacting with a friendly pet can help many people um, that are suffering from physical and mental issues. It can help reduce blood pressure and improve overall cardiovascular health. It can also release endorphins that produce a calming effect. Therapy dogs are trained to be attentive to a person's need and offer unconditional love. They can also stabilize intense emotions. The exact type of animals, the exact type of animal therapy can vary greatly depending on what condition the person has, the type of animal, and what type of therapy they provide. Each case involving animal therapy is different. Each situation has its own individual goals which they work towards. Some benefits of animal therapy include reducing boredom, increased movement and activity through walks and play, providing companionship and decreasing loneliness, improving social interactions, and improving mood and general well-being. Thank you all for listening to the seventh episode of Pause for Mental Health, and I hope for you to join me next week. Thank you.